Welcome back to Finding Wilder, the podcast. My name is Michaela Jean, and I am so grateful you have landed here. I created this podcast as a safe space to share stories of intuitive living, spirituality, creativity, dreams coming true, miracles, and so much more. One of my greatest goals in this lifetime is to remind one another we are not alone in whatever it is we are going through. To me, finding wilder means living a life that is led from the heart and intuition. It is easy to get caught up in what or who we think the world says we should be. I'm passionate about sharing stories that prove to one another that when we find our wild, listen to our hearts, and trust in something beyond ourselves, we begin to witness miracles unfold all around us. I'm here to share experiences from my own life and the lives of those who inspire me along the way. I hope you remember how worthy you are and that your dreams can come true. Thanks for being here. Let's dive into another episode of Finding Wilder. All right, welcome back to Finding Wilder. This is episode 36. Thank you all for being here. I am super excited about today's guests. Today we have Kate Cameron, all the way from Costa Rica. Um, Kate, okay, I want to just say welcome. Hi, how are you doing? (laughs) I'm great. I'm happy to be here with you. Yay, I'm so happy you're here too. Um, So you are actually the first guest on this podcast. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh I'm so honored and I was so honored when you asked me too I'm like it, it was such a nice message to receive and I always think about you and even when we were hopping on this call I was even thinking um even the photo that I have as my my uh like generic zoom photo it was actually a photo that you took of me so I I think of you all the time and I was I was so so honored that you asked me to be on here so oh yes well thank you I'm I'm so excited if the podcast, like the root of it is so much based in intuition and, you know, just kind of looking at these patterns and these quote unquote, I like to call them like shoulds of life that the world kind of tries to set us up with, like all of these check boxes of things we should be doing, or we're kind of like accidentally probably taught that we're, or on purpose, <laughs> depending on who's... <laughs> who we were asking, but we're kind of like set up for life with this weird checklist of things we quote unquote should be doing. And so much of this podcast is sharing stories of people who have these, like, let's call them awakenings in their life. And they're like, wait, like, let me throw out this. I think you've even, you've used the word before script. Like, let's take this script of life and just like toss it out the window because there's so much more to life. And I'm just really excited for you to be the first guest on the show because I think you really embody that so much. Oh, wow. That is, that is so, so heartwarming to hear. Thank you. And you have, you're welcome. And you have a really, people can actually go to your podcast to hear. I think you have a version of like your Thailand story that is actually such a beautiful representation of coming full circle and listening to your body and intuition and I know that I've heard parts of that story from you and if people want that full story I think it's like a really great listen to kind of understand who you are and how you got to be doing the work that you're doing and I'm really excited to just dive in and share part of that with people now oh my gosh thank you so much I I'm so honored that yeah that you feel that way and um it's definitely been a journey 
I will, I will say that for sure. It has been such a journey. Um, this whole experience from, from moving, like you said, to the things that I thought I was supposed to do, the things I thought I should do. Um, and that whole experience in Asia, everything I learned after. Um, so I'm excited to be here too. I'm excited to share and, and I can't wait to dive into this conversation with you. Yay. So before we like really, really get started, I'm no astrology expert, but I find it like to be fascinating to hear about people's sun, moon, and rising signs, if you know what yours are. Yes. Okay. So I am an Aries rising. I am, uh, sorry, no, Aries sun, <laughs> Libra rising, and uh, Gemini moon. Mm, those right. are my placements. Do you yeah. like feel those in your life? I do. I definitely do. And it's um, a friend of mine is an astrologer and she described, she described like those three parts of the chart really well. And she described them as like looking through different shades of glass and how like your, your sun sign is like the essence of who you are. But then the, um, like the rising sign is like the lens that the world sees you through. And she had this really beautiful way of describing it. And I, I really do feel that like the Aries especially is really I think people don't think that when they first meet me because I can be kind of soft-spoken and a little bit passive in certain ways, but like I do have a fire and I do have, I'm stubborn about certain things in life, like, like living the way I want to live and traveling the way I've traveled. So I I definitely resonate with that. And then the Gemini moon, um, I definitely have a lot of emotions. So I feel like, (laughs) I feel like there's something to that. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I, I do resonate with it a lot. And I can relate to that like fire aspect too. I'm a Leo and I think a lot of times people don't always like see that fire in me right off the bat and people, but it it like hides within you somewhere and it comes out. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, okay, so I know we were talking a little bit before this about, we were like, how did we meet? Like, we don't really know, probably have known each other for lifetimes, but we think it was college. <laughs> And similarly to you after college, I kind of got that like, there's, there's got to be more to the world than just like we said, this script, this checkbox, what kind of fueled your desire to like, where were you after college? And then, cause I know you started traveling a bit after that, where were you, how were you feeling when you graduated from college? And then what were you like? What, were, what did you feel like you were missing or like aching for? Wow, that's such a good question. You ask really good question. <laughs> um, so, and I actually haven't, I haven't shared so much about this, but when I was a senior in college, I went through um, a pretty big breakup and it was like a couple months before we graduated. So to be honest, I had a lot of like unhealed pain. I didn't really know how to process my emotions at that point in my life. And my first thought when I graduated college, I'm going to be totally honest with you. It was like, how can I get as far away as possible from like this pain that I'm feeling? So I moved to California. I did a year of AmeriCorps there. And I really, I really went to San Francisco just because I, I didn't know how to be with myself. I didn't know how to sit with my pain and what I was feeling. Um, And that situation I feel was part of like a cracking of a shell for me, part of this, this like deconstruction of like who I thought I was and who I thought I was going to be. And I just realized like, wow, there's, there's so much, um, 
there's so much more that I want out of life than to just follow the script, just follow the book. And and really like going through that painful experience, because even though we think we can run from things, we never really can. I think like going through that experience and the pain and what it taught me, that really started to show me that, you know, there were deeper parts of myself that I, I hadn't been listening to. Um, so I decided that I wanted to, um, to travel and I got a job teaching English overseas in Thailand. Originally, I thought maybe this will just be like one last travel, get it out of your system before you get like a corporate job or, or you know, something more mainstream, more traditional, something that I'm sure my parents wanted me to, to get because my parents are pretty traditional. And I think they definitely would have um, would have like slept a lot easier at night had I gone that traditional route. So I, I said, okay, let me do this, this four month teaching contract in Asia and just like get it out of my system as if I could have just like <laughs> just done that. Um, and, and I think really what I was craving without, without knowing how to put it into words is like, I just wanted proof that there was a greater perspective than what I was seeing in the society that I was in. I think that that was really what was like driving my travel at that point. And I, I'd had this, this breakup that had kind of opened me up to these pieces of myself and, and showed me like, okay, maybe there's, maybe there's more to me than I realized than I thought, maybe there's some depth here. And then like, part of me was like, okay, how can I broaden my perspective? How can I find proof that there are other ways of living that aren't just following this script, following these check boxes. Little did I know that that whole experience in Asia would not be just like a four month stint. Uh, it actually changed my life um, completely, not in any of the ways that I thought that it would. Um, but I ended up, uh, I ended up having like a, a crazy, crazy experience where I was, um, I went through like a, an extreme amount of culture shock. I was in a very small town. Um, nobody spoke English where I was. Uh, I ended up in the end falling in love. And then that person left. I had all these health issues pop up, this, this huge situation that happened. And, um, and again, cracked me open just a little bit more and caused me to go deeper. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll end that. I'll end that train of thought there because I, uh, I think I've answered the question that you initially asked, but that's where I was at after college. Yeah. I'm thinking back to like when I was in college, you know, or after college, and it was such this like weird, like fuzzy place to be in where you've been kind of told, quote unquote, told what to do or guided towards these things that you should be doing for all of your life, for most of us, for many of us. And then like you hit this point and I had a similar point where I was like, I like how you said it and I'm not going to say it exactly the same, but like there, I just remember thinking and feeling not so much thinking more so feeling like in my body, like there has to be something more like there has to be like, for me, it was always wanting this like bird's eye view. I was like in this town and this place and this life that was so small feeling. And I always had this feeling 
that there had to be more like I wanted to just be up higher and like be able to like see how we're all so different yet so the same and there was more experiences to be had and I remember after college being like graduating with a degree in nutrition and being freshly 21 and like who who am I to tell somebody like what to eat or how to live their life when I haven't even lived on my own before? Like, I'm just telling you things that somebody told me or a book told me like in class or these things that we learn from our parents and our friends and our experiences in this bit of a bubble. So like, I'm wondering, because for me, it took a lot of courage and I don't really see that so much until looking back being like that 21 year old who for me it was just moving across the country by myself but like how did you get that courage because I think even today so many 17 18 19 20 21 year olds I'm sure have this same craving or the same feeling but like where I I hear a lot of fear in younger people too when it's Mm. like but that how is that even possible and like how did you How do you feel like looking back on it or maybe remembering being in the moment, like where did you get that courage to just say, to quote unquote, go against your parents' wishes, which as we know, kind of looking back, they just wanted to keep us safe. Yeah. Yeah. That's another amazing question. Um, And I think, you know, kind of playing off of what you said, I think we are really similar in that sense that we both wanted that, that bird's eye view. I bet in human design I know I'm a three five I wonder if you are too <clears throat> but we kind of four I think I'm oh, a, four, a four three. Oh, okay I know that that mine it's like we're the personality that we like to learn through our experiences and I, I think about even just what you do you know like when I met you like it was through your photography business partly too right and and even just the idea of like like photography, it's all about perspective. So I just wanted to comment on that because I feel like, yeah, we both have this like intense desire to to see things for more than face value. It's like a lot of people just kind of look at things head on the way that they appear. And I think both of, both you and I, maybe what has like bonded us is that I think we both are like interested in seeing things a little differently. Um, but to your question, yeah, where did I get the courage? I think for me, it was partly from that the pain, honestly. It was from the pain that I was feeling. It was it was like the pain of um of like not just like the breakup that I had experienced, but also I think I think I felt pain around seeing my parents, um, the life that they had created, because I felt like they were not fulfilled. Um, and that could have just been my perception, but I felt like I saw them get up and go to work and like, do the, do the thing, right. Do like the traditional thing, but it, it felt very unfulfilling to them. And I, I think it made me kind of sad to feel like, like that might be me one day, like just going through those, those motions and those steps. And that's not to say like that my parents aren't happy people. Like for them, I think it that is what they want. But for me, I looked at that and I was like, something in my soul said, no, that is not for you. Um, and what, what did light me up 
when when I would listen to them talk is like they used to talk about this trip that they took when they were when they were um in their early 20s they took a trip to Europe together and that's like the one story that I kind of like idolized with my parents wow they like went backpacking and they they met all these people and like they had all these stories um I just really loved that and it was like it was things like that that excited me like my my dream as a kid was to be a photographer for National Geographic because I wanted to to go to these different places and see these different ways of living um so I think part of it was like the pain of not wanting the normal life that was so strong for me that I was willing to do pretty much anything to um to go the other way uh I, I don't think I don't think I ever actually thought that I would go quite like that I would be successful at pulling it off like I said I think I thought I could only do it for like four months you know in Asia and then I would have to like go back and and be the person that I was supposed to be quote unquote um but yeah, it was that combination of like seeing what I didn't want, something in my soul saying, like, hell no, that is not you. And and there was, yeah, there was some courage involved too. I mean, it was hard. It was hard to do something different. Um, it was it was hard to throw the book out, even just for like a short while. But I think I, I just felt on like a very deep level that there was, it was like now or never, like there was no other option. And, and looking back, I think, I think I needed to do it when I did it because so often we get comfortable, right? We get like comfortable in these lives that we've created. I've noticed I've been here in Costa Rica for four years and I've noticed like I get comfortable here and I'm thinking about like, what's the next step? Am I supposed to stay here? And even just in a four-year period of time, it's become so easy for me to say, oh, I'll just stay. Right? Oh, I'll just stay. Because I think the more time we have, you know, in anything in life, whether it's like a relationship or, um, or just like a life circumstance, when we stay in that for a long period of time, we start to get so like cozy. Mm-hmm. And it takes, it requires more effort and more courage, I think. So part of what I had going for me and probably you too, is that we were kind of like fresh out of the the college gate. So we didn't have quite as much time to like settle into this is what I should be doing kind of thing. Do you relate to that? For sure. And I also relate to the part of you talking about the pain before. And for me coming right out of college, I looking back on it, I remember it just being fuzzy. Like it was, it was just fuzzy and I didn't really I don't think the words like anxiety or depression were really thrown around in the same way 10 years ago when we, I think it was about 10 years ago when we graduated college, which is crazy. <laughs> but <laughs> looking back on it, like I see that that's kind of, I was in this like post-college, like kind of lost myself in a sense of I mean, I think so many things like I actually just read this. This is so out of left field, but I just um, listened to this podcast with this woman who wrote the book, Your Brain on Birth Control. And so I'm just like bringing in like hormones, like right now, like all of these, all of these things, like 
around that age it's like you have these weird like initiations let's call them into like being like a teenager or a college kid where it's like go on birth control take 12 shots before you go out to the bar like wear this like don't feel your emotions like it's fine like just all of these things that you do or I did that kind of just felt like this weird like initiation into becoming the that was like who college kid me was was like totally erase who I was in some ways and like like she was there and I could feel her but there was like under this shell of like shifting hormones and alcohol and just so many suppressed like emotions and I think when I got out of college all of a sudden I was like oh, I have the freedom to do what I want. And I just realized like, I don't really love doing all of those things that I loved, thought I loved to do or like spent my time doing. There wasn't really anywhere to go other than like studying abroad, which was really great. But like, there wasn't anywhere else to go other than like the bars and class and getting into like all of these different like clubs and stuff. But then after college, all of a sudden it like, hit me like it just like all exploded and I look back on it now and I see it was like this anxiety and like these moments of like really dark dark places of just not feeling stuff and I for me it was one of my first ever like hits of what I now understand to be like a ping or like an intuitive hit I just like was driving one day in such a dark place and just kept hearing like Colorado 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 and I was like where does where is this even coming from and then like the word Colorado would just follow me everywhere and for me that was like yeah to to answer your question more or less is it was that pain and that that like feeling of I just need to get out of here like you're telling me this is the road of life like and then the universe kind of came in and taught me intuition for the first time and then it was like okay, Colorado. And that was my awakening to see like, oh, there is more to the world. Do you remember like, cause I, I think seeing your life and like witnessing your path in the ways that I have from as like an observer and like hearing your stories. And I believe that you've listened to your intuition many, many times. I mean, I remember the day you were supposed to get on a flight to Australia. Am I right? <laughs> Like, I was supposed to go to Thailand. Actually. Oh, it was Thailand? I, th- I thought it was Australia for some reason. <laughs> but like that was a clear like listening to your intuition. Am I right? Like, do you have like a remembrance of like looking back on it? Like this was the first time in my life. Like I understood like, oh, that was my intuition guiding me. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, first, I just want to say that I think you described that fuzziness so well. I can totally relate to so much of what you said about like the numbing, the birth control, the alcohol. Like, I feel like the way you described it is so, so dead on. And also like, I think so many people weren't even aware. I know I wasn't aware of it when I was in it, but looking back, I'm like, oh yeah. And now people talk about these things. They talk about, oh, that was actually like sadness or depression. Like that was anxiety. Like but back then we were just shoving it under the rug. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think that I've always been somebody who's really intuitive, but I didn't listen to it. Um, I didn't listen to it 
because I thought it wasn't important. Like I, I basically went through this phase that I think a lot of us do where I was like, oh, um, you know, I should look at things scientifically and I need proof and everything's got to be researched and things only are important if I can like back it up with some kind of tangible evidence. And I didn't want to be that like woo person. Like that wasn't something that I wanted to be identified with. Um, but then, yeah, I, I think that going to Asia and having that experience, I remember, actually, this is this is really the core of, of your question here. I remember when I got sick in Thailand, I was hospitalized for about a week. And it was the first time I'd ever experienced any kind of health issues like that. I was in this hospital that was in a place called Khan Ken. It's like a little city in, in Eastern Thailand. Nobody there spoke English. I was totally alone in this hospital room for a week with an IV, which I like, I hate needles, hate, hate, hate needles. So this was like torture for me. My worst nightmare is to be like isolated and alone in a hospital room. And I remember saying to myself one night, because I had this weird fever that was coming and going, all these strange symptoms. And I said, if I make it out of this hospital room, I swear I will do what I'm actually supposed to do with my life. I will listen to my heart. I will follow it. And I, one of the things I was thinking of specifically was this yoga teacher training that I had wanted to do years before. Well, just one year before, I guess. I wanted to do it when I was living in San Francisco. I had gotten really into yoga. And I remember saying to my dad, I said, hey, dad, like I'm getting really into yoga. They're offering this yoga teacher training. The teacher, she told me she thinks I'd be great for it. She sees how much I come, like how much it's it's helping me. And I was like, I have the money to do it. What do you think? Um, and he has said, he said to me, like, Kate, go look up how much a yoga teacher makes. Like that's that's not a path for you. So I I had like ignored the yoga teacher training and I didn't do it. But it, in this moment in the hospital, I was like, no, it, it's time. Like, this is your life. This is, you know, nobody else can tell you how to live your life. And this is your only shot at this experience. You need to do what is actually on your heart. And I made it out of the hospital. So I did. That was the first thing I did. I, I booked a, I booked my yoga teacher training. And things got smoother and smoother, I would say, from there in terms of listening to my intuition and um, and just like really learning how to to be with myself and in that way because I think we all we all have intuition we all have these intuitive gifts and it's like people often think it's it's something only certain people have but it's like we all have it it's just a matter of are we tapping into it how are we tapping into it personally I believe that we all have like different ways of of experiencing it um and then yeah that that time that I didn't get on my plane that was like a pretty big one for me because I lost I lost a lot of money I lost a lot of things I'd invested in so that for me was like a that was a big one I um I had a plane ticket booked to Thailand my plan was to go there and to to live as like a digital nomad in Thailand I had my accommodation booked I had the flight booked and I had been doing a lot of like somatic work. There's a place actually it's in, um, 
It's in Dover. It's called the Wellspring Center. Have you ever oh, heard of it? Fair. I love Dr. Ah, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So sh- shout out to the Wellspring Center because they made me not get on my airplane. <laughs> oh, <thank you>. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> But I, I noticed I started to go and have these treatments with them. And it was like, it was like taking off a shell because I suddenly noticed I was so much more sensitive to everything. I would be pulling out in in traffic, you know, on like a dead road. And I would feel like this anxiety out of nowhere. Well, why am I feeling anxious pulling out into traffic? And it was like, I remember asking her, what's what's going on? And she said, oh, you're just you're just shedding these layers of like protection. And so um, the night before I was supposed to get on my plane, I had all my bags packed, which was actually weird for me because I usually don't pack in advance. But I had everything packed and, uh, and something in my body just said no. Something in my body said no. And I was like, look, I'm going to listen to it. Even though I literally got my whole future set on going to Thailand. I was like, I, I have to listen. And I didn't get on my airplane and I had no logical reason why I didn't go. There was not a single logical thing that had changed. Um, it had always been really easy for me to get on airplanes and go wherever I wanted. But yeah, this was like the first time. And then we met up that, I think that day. I think so. Cause I remember <laughs> the story being like super fresh and it's also just funny that like, just for like perspective for people listening, like it's not like you and I like hung out or like hang out like all the time. Like that was probably like the second time we'd ever like spent time together, which is so funny because that obviously was like a memory that stuck with me that like, I probably just needed like for this moment right now to be like, Kate's really good with her intuition because this one time, let me tell you, she didn't get on this plane. (laughs) And I remember thinking that you were so, you were like such a good person to talk to in that moment because you have this openness. And I think I, I was kind of judging myself for not getting on the airplane. I was like, why didn't I do that? Like, I sound like a crazy person, (laughs) you know, like I, I couldn't logically explain it to anyone. Um, but I felt like when I met up with you, I think you were probably, you were honestly probably the only person that I saw during those couple of days that like, I felt like you actually kind of understood it. Yeah. Well, it's so funny because what year was that? Was that 2018 maybe? I think so. Because I, if I remember correctly, I feel like I had not too long ago just gotten back from Indonesia and I had had a similar experience where I had got a um, visa to go live and work in Australia. I had booked just a one-way ticket and I was in Indonesia on my way to Australia and I don't know what about it is about Asia Southeast Asia that just like brings you like I don't know um like brings things up for you because I also got sick like quite sick over there and just like like really sick like dizzy like unable to like stand up like every time I would stand up I would like faint and I just all of a sudden like had this like repeating like you need to go home like that like you're going the wrong way kind of situation and my ego was so attached to this 
like Australia life. I was like, but no. And I had a, like a, like a little travel blog at the time too. And I like, my ego was attached to like, well, I said I was going to go and like, I'm doing this like cool life where I like travel and I am going to Australia to live there and work there. And like, this is the identity that I created for myself. And to have this like ego death was like, okay. Like the, the universe really shook me to the point of like, no, you literally are too sick to go to Australia now. Like you have to be like my parents, I'll never forget. It was like a Super Bowl Sunday back home. And my parents have like a Super Bowl party going on. And I was like on the phone with them or WhatsApp or whatever I was using. And I was like, I need like, I I need to get home. They, in that moment, they like booked me a ticket back home to like for that next morning. And the relief that I felt after listening to my gut was wild. Like I just remember being en route back to the States and it's so hard to, like, it's so hard to not get on the plane. It's so hard to not keep doing the thing that people think you're doing or but when you do it and you listen to yourself the relief that comes with that is massive yeah. did you feel that yeah yeah I did I mean I definitely did and it probably wasn't quite as smooth of a transition as yours because I I went through this process of trying to figure out okay where am I actually supposed to be and that took a little bit of trial and error but I I agree with you and even people like you and I who are doing these quote unquote hard things um in a way that like it requires bravery we can still get caught up in the identity of like well this you know I should be the person who's traveling the world I should be the person who's getting on this airplane and doing this thing and it it is it's hard to not do the things that we have you know created as like a perception of like the kind of person that we are so it it requires bravery it requires it requires real connection to what you actually need and yeah I I do I do know what you're talking about there's like a it's like a stillness it's like a like a deep breath out I always explain it like that it's always just like this when I've listened to my intuition I it's this massive exhale out yeah yeah which is so interesting because as um as a yoga teacher too like I always tell people when they're in a yin class that a lot of times the body will um, it'll like let out a sigh Mm. right if they're really relaxing into a pose there's there's usually this moment where it's like (gasps) they take a deeper breath and it's the same when you're releasing the vagus nerve Mm. And it's so interesting because the body mimics that when we actually like listen to ourselves. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Our body is so smart. (laughs) Yeah. So, so smart. So you just to like backstep for a second, you are in Thailand and you get out of the hospital because you've made this promise to yourself. Like I'm going to actually live my life for me. Now you sign up for this yoga class and where does that take you? Yeah. So to be fair, there was a little block in between because I, I basically ran out of money for, you know, paying for the hospital stay and all this stuff. So I actually went home for a couple of months and I worked as a substitute teacher to save money 
I lived in my childhood bedroom and I was like, I'm going to do whatever I need to do to like get me at this yoga teacher training. Um, then I went back, I did it. It opened up so many things for me. Um, not just yoga related, but I, I really tapped into something there. Um, yeah, it was like Reiki. I was, I was just experimenting with all these things that were new and I was just really starting to tap in. Um, then I, I knew I wanted to keep traveling because that was originally my plan before I got sick. When I was teaching English, I, I had this plan to like go travel around when I had finished my teaching contract for a couple of weeks, but it got cut short when I was hospitalized. So after my yoga teacher training, I said, okay, well, I'm back in Thailand. I'm going to do it this time. And I started to, um, I started to go around to the different islands like Koh Tao. Uh, I started teaching yoga, which was not my initial plan. Like I initially did it actually just for myself. But I started teaching as a way of like, like a lot of places I would stay, they would let me do a work trade. So they'd say, okay, if you want to stay and, and teach yoga, you can have a bed for free. And so I was like, okay, that's great. I can, you know, save my money and travel longer. So I started doing that. And, um, and then eventually I ended up in Australia. I was like going different places in Thailand and, um, and I, I think I went to Singapore, I went to Laos, like I was just kind of hopping around Asia, Vietnam. And then I went to Australia to do a, a year working holiday there. Um, and originally I was working in a restaurant when I first landed there. Uh, if you've ever done the working holiday visa in Australia, anyone listening, or if you've ever like, yeah, if you've ever been a part of that, you kind of know what it's like, but it was actually harder than I thought. To get a job I originally landed in Melbourne and it's so competitive to be like a barista in Melbourne it's, it's crazy because there's like all these backpackers so anyways I, I traveled up the coast to Brisbane got a job in a restaurant and this is another intuitive moment I worked in that restaurant for maybe like three three or four months and one day I quit on the spot which was so unlike anything I'd done before but I remember I just said to the owner um, he asked me some question like, oh, uh, you know, like, what's your schedule like next week? And I, and I said to him, I was like, I quit. <laughs> I was like, I just can't work here anymore. And he was like, why? Um, and I said, <laughs> and I, like, I had no forethought of these, these words before they left my mouth. I said, I'm quitting to focus on teaching yoga. Mm. And he's like, oh, and I always remember that <clears throat> this guy's response to me was like, oh, do you think doing yoga can help me lose weight. Like it had nothing to do with, he didn't really care about, like, I was just an employee. He, he didn't really care. Like this girl can be here or somebody else will replace her. <laughs> I just always remember his response was like, oh, do you think I should do yoga? Not like, oh, like we're losing an, an employee. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, so I, I quit that job um, and I ended up by stroke of luck I ended up getting like a real regular teaching teaching job for yoga because of somebody at a studio was actually really sick for a while so I kind of like replaced her um and then from there I I continued with the yoga and I was like this this fills me up like this feels good to me I started to to practice meditation and all of these different things um somewhere along the line I started to write I started to use my voice which was something that I 
I had done as a kid, but like somewhere along the line, I'd like shut that off. Um, I studied hypnotherapy. I started practicing. I started working with clients and it was like a slow progression. I, I feel it was like piece by piece and step by step. But I started to realize that the things that I, I wanted were actually possible. It was possible for me to work for myself. It was possible for me to speak my mind, to to tell my truth and all these things that I hadn't done in the past because I was afraid. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how it went. <laughs> that's beautiful. And it's just like such a, such a clear example. And I know it doesn't just happen overnight, but it's, I think, is it a Steve Jobs quote where it's like, you connect the dots backwards. I don't, is that the quote? Do you know what I'm talking I about? I actually I don't, don't know. know that quote, but I like it. I think it's something about like connect when you, you don't, it doesn't all make sense until you connect the dots backwards. That's not the quote. Don't quote me on that, <laughs> but it's something <laughs> like that. <laughs> and it's just, cause I just, I picture you like in this hospital, like sometimes the universe just like shakes us to these points of like, almost like desperation. And it's like, okay, are you going to listen now? Like, are you going to do it? Like, are you going to fall back into like your old habits of just doing what the world is trying to like convince you you should do or the world being parents or teachers or, or whoever or like hello here you are we've literally like put you in your worst case scenario and like are you gonna listen now and then I think a lot of people go their whole lives and don't actually listen even when it gets to worst case scenario like that and again, it's just, I keep coming back to this like courage and like bravery to like finally listen. And I think you just, some people, including yourself, just finally get to that point and are like, all right, screw it. Like, I'm actually going to live this short, fragile life that I have like for myself and then watch the beauty that just like unfolds from it. And Oftentimes, I feel like this happens with people like yourself who are in, let's call it a career or a lifestyle of helping others kind of come to these places on their own as well. So do you feel like a lot of the work that you do is rooted in, okay, I went on this journey and now I want to help people see that it's possible for them to live this life that they want as well. Yeah, 100%, 1000%. Sometimes clients have said to me, they'll say like, oh, you you seem so calm or like you seem like you have it all figured out. I've had clients say that to me and I'm always like, are we are we on the same conversation? <laughs> like, do you know me? <laughs> I can relate. <really>. Um, <laughs> because I, I often feel like my perception of my life and my journey is that I, I went through so many things like not just physically and geographically but but emotionally like I have I have never to my knowledge worked with somebody who had some kind of fear uh some kind of limiting belief that I don't also recognize having had myself I have had so many pain points um and so many like limiting beliefs and so when I see other people working through it absolutely like I want I want them to overcome it. I want to support them because that was the one thing really that through my journey, I didn't feel like I, I had, especially in the beginning, like I didn't have anyone. And this is where I do feel proud of myself. I do feel like I was brave because there was like, there was nobody 
saying, yeah, Kate, you got this. Like, go do it. I mean, literally everyone was against me. <laughs> everyone I, like, everyone expected me to do something else or wanted me to do something else. Nobody was really supportive of, like, of my travels in that way. And I really had to do it for myself. So for me to be able to help other people go on a journey like that, whether it's starting their own business or overcoming some some fears or some beliefs um, or coming on, you know, an experience, a retreat in Costa Rica. It's like, I want to, I want to be there to support other people's journeys because I know how meaningful it, it was for me. And if I hadn't done what I did, I'm sure I would be fine. You know, I'm sure I would be okay. I would probably find enjoyment in my life, but there are days where I wake up and I think if this is my last day, I can say I lived the hell out of this life. Like I have done so many things. I've been so many places. I've experienced so much. I I can feel confident saying like, yeah, I did it. I, I didn't just like sit back and just let life pass me by. I, I chased it. And I really, um, I think that's not something everyone can say. So I'm proud of myself for that. I get like full body chills when you say that. And I'm really happy you shared that because I was literally just saying basically the exact same thing to one of my closest friends the other day. And I actually wrote something about this recently about how I, I literally feel the same way. Like I, I, no part of me wants to die today and no part of me wants to leave this earth today by any means like I love being here earth is great <laughs> but I also feel like so proud of my life and so grateful for the like cliffs that I jumped off like literally and <laughs> physically or literally and like <laughs> whatever the other word is <laughs> um but it's yeah, like it I feel so grateful for the life that I have been brave to live at times. And I look back to like 21-year-old my 21-year-old self and I'm like thank you for driving across the country and moving to a place that you knew nothing about and knew nobody. Like thank you for booking that flight across the world. Like thank you for starting your own business. Thank you for X, Y, and Z, because the stories that come and the lessons that come and the healing that comes with doing those harder, scary things that don't always feel logical are just the most expansive. And I think going back to what you were saying too, about not having somebody to just, you know, be like, go Kate, or like to help with your healing journey. I, I really believe that we do become like the, the pain that we went through, like we become who we needed at those times in our, in our lives. And gosh, I just want to shake people sometimes, like look them in the eyes and be like, your pain is a gift right now. Like, it's going to be okay. Like you're, you're going to be okay. And you're going to get through this. And I think also like my relationship with death has like changed a lot in that realization too. And maybe you can speak on upon that also. Like I feel so, I don't think it death in this, like when we lose people gets any easier, but my understanding of it 
feels so much calmer now. And maybe you can relate or touch upon that also. And maybe this, I keep thinking of the, um, we did a past life regression together years ago. And that was such an expansive experience for me. Um, yeah, maybe if you can just kind of touch upon that. And I also want to go back to Australia, but right now just like getting into this subconscious stuff, getting into the past life regression and like what that has really opened up for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. So I started getting into the hypnosis when I was living in New Zealand. Um, I studied, I did a clinical program. I actually did it online because I wanted to keep traveling. And uh, I started to I started to learn how to access these deeper parts of mind, which to me felt very natural and very organic because I felt like it was something I was already tapping into in a really great yoga shavasana or when I meditated because I did at one point, I did a 10 day long meditation called Vipassana and I was like tapping into these spaces. I was like, what is that? Even Reiki energy healing. I was like, there's something, something there. So hypnosis felt like a continuation of that. When I, when I started to practice with people, I remember the first, uh, the first past life regression I ever did, I wasn't sure if it was really going to work. I was like, I don't really know like what, what we're going to find here. Um, but the experience was incredible. And I was so blown away. I remember this woman, um, she used to teach yoga with me in New Zealand. And one of her experiences was this really specific memory of something that happened during World War II. Um, and we were actually able to look up the information afterwards and confirm it. it. It was like a very specific term she had used. And we were able to like look up it. There was this event called Dam Busters in World War II. Anyways, and I remember just being like blown away by not only the fact that we had been able to find some evidence for it, but also just like her emotional experience going through it not just like oh yeah I was this person in this life it's like whoa there there were real emotions there was real um there was real like mental emotional spiritual stuff going on in that process and past lives were something that I believed in when I was younger but again when I went into that more like I should be scientific I didn't I didn't like allow myself to go into that space as much but I do think it's something that was also like a part of my soul and my my path here on this planet because from a very young age, like like my mom, two things she would tell me growing up was like, one, that the, the doctor who delivered me said I was an old soul. And I don't know what that means. But in the moment of my birth, I did something. They made him think I was an old soul. And then the second thing was that when I was like four or five, and I have no memory of this, but... My mom says we were driving over a bridge and I looked down at the water and I pointed to it and I said, that's how I died. And she was like, what? <laughs> and I said, yeah, that's how I died. <laughs> and I have no memory of that specifically, but I have had fears of the ocean. I really do. Like I, it's, it's hard for me to feel comfortable in the ocean. And I remember being in the sixth grade, watching some kind of documentary about like an ancient civilization. And there was this one scene where they showed like flooding and I just, I, I felt so sad for a whole week 
And I didn't put it together until later, but I just remember like watching that video and like, I even had kind of a flashback of like a body in the water. And then for a whole week, I was just like super, super sad. And I I didn't know why I thought I was just like hormonal as a teenager. Um, So I had had these experiences and then I started to work with people and see how powerful it is for them too. And I started to realize just like how much is really in there, like how much depth of, of soul of experience we have. Um, And it's, it's not a perfect science. It's never, ever, any person I've ever worked with in this capacity, it's never a perfect science. Every person is so unique in the way that they access the information, in the way that they process it, in what comes through. And sometimes I'll think that I know, oh, like this person needs this, or of course they are trying to express this. But then they come out with something totally different. And it just speaks to like the unique nature of our souls and who we are. Because we we all have a unique blueprint. We really, really do. And you see it in this work. Like, there is no path from A to B. It's like, it's a squiggle for everyone in a different way. Um, and I always remember your regression too. Yours is really powerful. I don't know if you want to share anything about it. Well, it's so interesting because I'd be curious like what you remember because and if it was anything like similar to what I've taken away from it over the like years because whenever I think about it I think of so I still have like the very vivid like visual remembrance of like what happened during the regression which you know what happened in a past life and it's so clear to me still and it was so aligned with something that was going on in my life in the present moment. So like a little info in that regression, I had been, I don't know if it was like a castle or something. And I can't remember all the details right now, but I was like married to somebody very influential in this castle. And the castle was like burning down. Like it must've been, I don't know if it's like a war or like bombing or what was going on. And but I was like having a love affair (laughs) with somebody who was already on this ship that was like getting away. And I like ran and got on this ship and had to like leave my husband in this like place. Like I basically had to choose who I wanted to like be with. And it was like my husband or the person I was having a love affair with. So I get on the boat with him. The boat ends up long story short, the boat like sinks and I end up on this island, just like I can still see myself just like laying like ragged, like clothes, just like on this island, nobody around. But there's like some like, like local inhabitant. I don't even know how to describe who he was, but he was the only other person on this island, not from the village that was burning down. And it was just the two of us on this island. And that's kind of like where it stopped. And in my current life, I was having this friendship, relationship, interesting situation where the two of us had just become so enmeshed with one another. And it was so interesting because it was either before or later on, I think it was after I was on the phone with my mom and it was like, and she was like, it's like the two of you are just stuck on an island together. And I was like, it was so interesting because it was me just, yeah, it was, it was so obviously different experiences, but a similar lesson in the end. And it was really, really wild. I don't know if you, what you remember or if anything at all. (laughs) I actually remember all of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, 
I even remember that your your actual husband was kind of like he kind of knew and was okay with it. Yeah, it. yeah, that sounds it's- right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that was powerful, and and that's the thing too is like it's not just about the story of what happens, it, whether or not they're they're true or not. And I I don't know. I mean, a lot of this stuff, even if we can fact find who knows i think the universe is so mysterious and so so insane that we will never be able to prove anything i can't even prove that like my hand is solid right like we're we're like these tiny little moving atoms um but i i think the important thing of this work is always like what is it resonating what is it bringing up in our in our now And so something in the past, whether it happened or not, you know, like that information has relevance to what you're experiencing here. And so when you can like work through that there, it gives us something, even if it's just like a little bit, it's like, okay, here, I'm going to help you process this a little bit more. And I think we're kind of led on these journeys, on these paths where it's like, you know, we're, we're spoon fed, like bit by bit, we're not necessarily supposed to just like, do the whole journey in one go. But it's like, okay, here's a little piece of the puzzle. Like, here's a little bit more that you needed to see or that, you know, will help you to process. And so it's, it's great that you bring that up, because that is really the essence of the work. And it will sound a little bit like crazy, maybe to some people, but I actually believe that, that time is, uh, time is an illusion and everything is kind of happening at once like I know there's that's hard to logically think about but I really believe that and that there is like this crazy interconnected nature to everything so to tap into that to be able to have the ability to tap into that space and connect with with what you're feeling and have it you know mean something tangible in your life is is really cool that's why I love it (laughs) yeah I love that so much and I also just remembered I didn't even make like I also based on that past life regression I just made this connection I saw a psychic a couple weeks ago and she told and I've been having this like gut health stuff for a while and she I can't remember the word the terminology she used for it but she basically said that in a past life I was impaled like in my right side so I still have I can't remember the word for it but I basically still carry this like wound from a past life. And I believe it was from that past life because of just like things that I saw. And she was like, you can still hold these like literal physical wounds. Like you can go get like an energy, like extraction, which I know to some people sounds kind of crazy, but to like extract these wounds from past lives in order to eliminate like current health problems that you're having. Totally. Totally. It happens all the time. <clears throat> there was one girl I, I worked with and this wasn't really like health problem per se, but she, one of the first things she said before we went into the session was she's like, I can't wear anything on my wrist, hair elastics, bracelets. She's like, I won't do it. And I have no logical reason for why I don't want anything touching my wrist. And I said, okay, well, we'll see if there's anything there. Sure enough, when we go into the experience, she was a slave in one of her lifetimes and she was bound at the wrist. And like that had followed her. And she was like, I don't, 
you know, I don't want that. And for me, like, I don't like like turtlenecks. I always feel super constricted there. And I, yeah, I, I know that that's like, that's a thing for me too. So it's, it's cool to hear you say that. I, I know that um, when I was traveling around, I heard rumors about these healers who could pull those things out of your body. And I don't, I never went to see this person. So I don't know if this was true, but somebody told me that there was a healer. I think it, it was in India and he would pull these things out of your body and, and they would be like physical pieces of wood. He would be like, Psh, here's like a little wood chip. Whoa. And like I just pulled out of you. And the girl who tell, who told me this, I knew pretty well. And I, I believed her. Um, I never went to see him, but yeah, like that there were physical things like you could energetically pull out something like oh there it is <laughs> that's wild talk about like I feel like that's like the straight emergence of like um everything's happening at the same time yeah well, at the same time yeah or he was a magician <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> it's true it's true yeah. there's, there's magic here there's a magic <laughs> Oh, that's so beautiful. Wow. I I love that. What is your, what is your favorite part of doing the work that you do? And could you just like summarize a little bit about like what it is that you're doing right now um, for the most yeah. part? Yeah. Great question. So right now I'm focused mostly on my membership. So I have a membership program where I lead group programs um, so right now we're in something called mess to medicine, which is all about writing because writing is a real passion of mine. And I feel like it combines all of these, all of these pieces of like subconscious work. It combines <clears throat> elements of, of like life experience and travel and emotion and all of these things. So mess to medicine and, and, you know, using writing as a way to process things that are in the subconscious mind. That's like really where my heart is living right now. Um, and I'm also leading retreats. I'm still teaching yoga. I still do the hypnosis and the path life regressions. Um, but yeah, that's where the majority of my, of my focus is right now. Did, what was the question again? Did I answer it? Did I answer um, your favorite part about what you're doing? Oh, my favorite part. My favorite part of it is, is the connection. Honestly, the favorite thing that I have with all of this work is when there's a group of people, for example, in my group program, there's a group of people going through a process together and people are sharing these things that maybe they've never felt comfortable to share with anyone. And they're able to share it safely in a space with each other to process it, to let it be there there is something about that, about being a part of supporting that, that to me is like nothing else. That's, that's my favorite part of what I do. I love that so much. Um, one of my just like greatest goals and like hopes for this lifetime is to just like prove to one another that we're not alone in whatever we're going through. And I feel like you just like kind of hit the nail on the head with like what people are craving, even if I don't, even if they might not even know it, like, especially right now, especially so much of what we've gone through as a like global community over the last few years, just like community and the connection and 
the amount of times I don't do them as much right now, but the, when I was doing workshops in person a few years ago, just the like release that people feel when they just have that epiphany moment of like, oh, your story might not be the same as mine, but you've experienced the same emotions that I have. And you've gone through so much either physically or emotionally that I have is, I I think, and I believe it's just one of the most important reasons we're even here to begin with. And I, I love, I love to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. I love the way that you phrased it. I went to a, a sweat lodge here in Nosara and there was this guy who was leading it. And I remember when we were in the sweat, he said something along the lines of like, I see your pain because your pain is my pain. And I see your joy because your joy is my joy. The way that he said it was probably more profound and poetic than that. <laughs> but it but it was really, it it struck me. It really hit me. And I think you're right. Like it, it's about like the universal language that we're speaking, right? It's not a real language. It's, it's like the language of the heart. And I, I think that's one reason why, like, I really admire you and what you do too, is I think that you are somebody who is unafraid to share what's really on your heart, you know, with your, your writing, your poems, like your book that you've just released. I feel like you are willing to show up and be like, yeah, I'll go first. Like I'll share, I'll share these pieces in a way that like not everyone has, um, has the courage to do, but it's needed because like in that moment that somebody reads something and connects with it, they suddenly have this like, wow, I'm not alone. Like I'm not alone on this earth. It's not just like me doing my thing. Like I am connected. And I agree with you, like I'm getting chills talking about it, but I think that that is the most spiritual moment we can have is like a connection to something more, something greater. That's that's it really. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that so much. And I'm also just getting this like strong, just like ping to like share that. I've found, and maybe you can agree, that over, especially over the last few years, it's felt at times more challenging to share, like, what's been on my heart and, like, what feels true for me. Because I go through a lot of the world, probably most of the world in my life, feeling, like, feeling. Like, my words are straight feeling. Like, I don't really think too much. I don't think at all when I'm writing. But like, it's all feeling. So to me, that means it's coming from a place like beyond myself. It's straight, either just channeled work. It's straight, just feeling from the heart. But oftentimes what I feel doesn't go, doesn't align with mainstream media or what the, what the, yeah, mainstream media, let's just put it at at that. And for a while, it kind of like shut me down because I was like, who do I trust here? (laughs) Like, because it's hard to trust your heart when sometimes a lot of the world is communicating in a different way. I don't know if you feel that way ever when you're writing where you're like, well, this feels really true to me, but what if, like, it's hard to get through to the mind. Like a lot of people walk around going strictly mind 
Mm -hmm. And when you're going strictly heart in a conversation, someone's coming back at you strictly mind. It's there's sometimes like that language, like it's almost like a quote unquote language barrier. Do you, have you ever felt that? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. That's been a huge thing because it, it is uncomfortable to share your truth. And like you said, with, with like the culture of the last few years, it became a difficult place because there was so much like this side, that side, you know, it became a difficult place to like share what you really um, felt because everyone was so quick to like jump off the handle. Um, And, and I think we were kind of all like, everyone was so heated, right. And everyone, everything was so sensitive and raw to the touch. Like I became afraid to speak my mind too. Um, And I still did. And I felt like, like I did in, in the ways that I felt I could but it was still hard for me. And what I've noticed with that is like, sometimes I'll feel really comfortable sharing things and then I'll go through periods of my my life. And I don't know if it's because of what's happening for me or because maybe I'm going a little bit deeper or something feels more vulnerable, but then I'll go through these points where I'm like, I know this is true. I want to share this, but like, fuck, this is scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so interesting because I don't think people always realize that, that it, it the courage and like the, the strength that it takes to share these things. I was on the beach one day with a friend of mine and I forget like exactly what our conversation was, but he said something to me like, you share your whole life online. Like you don't, like you don't care. Like, oh yeah, Kate shares her whole life online. And I remember being like, whoa, like I, I don't see it that way. Like for me, like it's, I do share the things that I feel are true, but like, it's, it's fucking hard for me. Like, it's really not easy for me to show up all the time um, because there's always going to be like you were talking about that conscious judging logical mind. Like I have it too. Like you have it. Too. We all have it because it's how we're kind of programmed. We make judgments. Like we just, we do, we judge. It's like, how we operate in the world so when you know when we show up vulnerably like we do so knowing that there will be people who don't agree or there will be people who don't just don't get it um who can't like feel into it or who are like you know resistant to it or just just will not resonate with it and that can be hard because like to it's one thing I think this is really true in business like let's say you're selling uh you're selling a product like you work for this company and you sell like a little device if somebody doesn't like that device that's like sort of no sweat off your back because you are not that device right but if you're if you are your business or like you are the product or you are showing up with your real authentic truth and somebody says, I don't really like that. Oh my gosh, does that feel different than if it's like something that has nothing to do with you? So I think it requires that bravery because, because it's, it's truth. It's, um, there's like that beautiful line by Pema Chodron and it's like fear is an indication of getting closer to the truth. And it's like, we, um, the truth polarizes people. Yeah. Ooh, that's strong. Yeah. I really love that. Thank you. 
Um, I know we jumped around quite a bit, but I kind of want to like close the loop. Is there anything, if you look back on like your story, I know I would have like a million more questions and we could do this for like six hours, but like just to like tie up any loose ends on like your story, getting to where you are now, is there anything else you feel called to share? Mm. Let's see. I think that an important part of my journey was was also to to learn how to integrate a lot of my experiences because one thing I didn't realize when I first began this journey is that it's not always about the healing it's not always about what we're doing there but a lot of the work is is the integration it's like sitting with ourselves in the quiet moments like listening to our heart tuning in um, taking these small courageous acts sharing what's on our heart I think that the integration like like those small steps in between were more powerful than I gave them credit for at the time and I think that's really helped me to um yeah to come full circle to where I am right now beautiful I love I love that thank you integration ah <sighs> My final question is, and this is the first person, you're the first person I'm asking this to, so I don't know how it's going to work, <laughs> but we'll see. You're like my guinea pig. Um, what does finding wilder mean to you? Okay. I love this. Okay. So to me, finding wilder means that part of us that we were talking about in this call, that intuitive part that follows our heart. I think finding Wilder is the thing that made you drive cross country, the thing that made me, um, you know, make that decision in the hospital room in Asia, the thing that told me not to get on the airplane. Like, I think it's our ability to be courageous enough to listen to our heart. Mm. I just got full body chills. I love that so much. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, this has been the best and we're going to have to do it again because I know there's so much more to your story and I, we could just talk forever. Um, just to wrap it up, where can people find you if they want to connect on social media or everywhere, anywhere? Mm. You can find me on Instagram, although I, I have been dipping in and out of that platform recently, but you can find me on Instagram. My handle is at I am Kate Cameron. Uh, you can find me on Facebook as well, or you can also visit my website, just www.seeking, like as in looking for something, sundara, S-U-N-D-A-R-A.com. Perfect. Thank you so much. I hope some people come your way and uh, learn how to turn their mess into medicine. Is that what it was? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so too. And And also if anyone's interested, we're having a retreat. May 6th through 13th down here in Uvita, Costa Rica. So if you're interested, uh, there's a few spaces available for that. Beautiful. Awesome. And I'll link all of this in the, the show notes so people can find all the info. Amazing. I I feel so honored to be your first guest here on this <laughs> podcast. And I have to tell you, like, I've loved this conversation so much. Like, I'm so I'm so in it and the time just flew by. So thank you for inviting me on. 
Oh, thank you so much for being here. I know I just looked at the clock and I was like, okay, time to wrap it up, Michaela. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to another episode of Finding Wilder. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you did, it would mean the world if you leave a review or if you share the podcast episode somewhere in the socials because that's how the world flies these days. Thank you again for being here. If you want to find more about me, my website is michaelajean.com, M-I-C-A-Y-L-A-J-E-A-N.com. Find me at michaela.jean on Instagram. I have an account with daily channeled messages called Wilder Daily, also on Instagram. And you can find more information about my wedding photography at Photography, also on Instagram. I hope you have the best dang day and we'll see you next time. Bye.